Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And we're going to be talking digital citizenship today. And I'm so grateful and excited uh, to have two amazing educators join us for today's conversation. And so from here in Nebraska, we have Peg Coover, who is a data coordinator at ESU 10, been on the podcast before. She is a digital champion for us here in Nebraska as she's been leading our digital citizenship symposium effort for uh, quite some time. So we're going to get into the backstory of that. In addition to Dr. Mary Alice BFX Curran, who is a community architect for digital citizenship, uh, wherever she goes. And she's going to be joining us in Nebraska uh, to keynote MC and really just be a thought partner in bringing this event along. And so Peg, Mary Alice, I'm so excited for today's conversation. Let's talk digital citizenship. Awesome. Welcome, Mary Alice. Hopefully you'll be in Nebraska in person, right? Yes, absolutely. One of my favorite places. Nebraska's got a very special place in my heart. That's awesome. Let's press into that here too then. And we'll actually, we'll start with Peg. We'll tell a little bit of the story, how this all came together, um, because the Digital Citizenship Symposium in our state has been going on for a while now. So Peg, give us a little bit of uh, the history with that event. Sure. So our ESUs across the state of Nebraska get together and we collaborate on different projects. And back in 2011, the Digital Citizenship Symposium was born. And we only had one ESU that hosted it, but we had about 40 to 50 students and teachers come to that event. And it's just grown over the years. And we have had, well, I'll just call them satellite ESUs host the events. We would have a speaker come and talk to the students and the teachers. And then we would maybe have two or three other ESUs back. It was before everybody used Zoom, but we still basically connected digitally. And so all the students that attended, though, even though they weren't all in here in Kearney, they um, were able to interact across the state. And the idea of it is for have um, a school bring a team of students and a couple teachers. So we kind of shot for uh, six people on the team, come learn some things, get excited about how they can take the digital citizenship message back to their school, create a project of some kind, whether it be a, a poster or a public service announcement or an idea, an action that they want to take in their school. And the idea, again, was not to just have it just be a one and done day that they would take it back to their school. And we've been going since 2011. We had to take a break from face-to-face for a couple of years because of COVID. And well, we were kind of sad that first year, we actually had a really big outreach. And so instead of only reaching about 250 teachers and students because of the face-to-face, we had our content, we had interaction online, we had a contest. And so any student could access or any teacher could access that content all year long. And so we actually had really incredible outreach that first year that we had to to not do it face-to-face, but we're super excited to be back face-to-face this year. Well, and that's really the impetus for uh, a part of today's conversation is to let people know that, that it's back with an in-person live event. And so those listening can know that this is in part uh, to make sure that you all are aware of this opportunity to connect around this conversation, to work together. Uh, And Peg, one question I'm going to ask here quickly from the top is to say that the ESUs do their best to address needs as they come up, right? It's always kind of context and needs regionally, but but as you mentioned too, when we start to see that widespread across the state, uh, they collaborate together well and try to connect us around work. And so 
can you speak to what needs this effort saw and tried to first address in 2011 have committed to continuing to have an impact on uh, in the duration of time since? Yeah, that first year, I wasn't here at ESU 10 working yet, but I came on board with the Digital Citizenship Group a couple of years later. But kind of that first year was really all about being safe online because our schools were, the students had devices in their hands in the classroom, and maybe they had computers at home as well that we call it one-to-one. I'm sure people still call it that, but kids could take their computers home. And so the concern was, are they safe? What are they doing? Are they talking to people they shouldn't be talking to? So that was kind of the first message that we wanted to send. And then we started time, okay, well, how do you have a positive digital footprint? And so that kind of evolved more. So not so much the cyber stalking, but maybe, okay, I mean, I've got this device now. I was saying earlier, Kids have those in their hands now all the time. It doesn't matter whether the school gives them a computer or not. They have that technology in their hands all the time. So now it's kind of about, again, that positive impact, having a balance in your digital life so you're not on it all the time. And so that's kind of where we're moving for our message this year is we really want to emphasize using technology for good. Use tech for good is kind of our little motto for this year. And Mary Alice knows all about that. (laughs) I was going to say you couldn't find a better champion for that message than Mary Alice. And so Mary Alice, I'll uh, invite you to share too on that same question, I guess. Uh, As you are steeped in this effort, what have you sort of seen as the evolution of that over time? Well, you know, it was just amazing. Peg, I'm listening to you about 2011 and we literally were on a parallel journey. So in 2011, I was in Connecticut. And I was connecting and collaborating with Heather Callahan. That was like my first real connection. Craig Bedora, right? Like all on Twitter. I was never in the same place at the same time. But my journey, my digital citizenship journey began just like, Peg, we were in a reactive place. We were really trying to keep up. The tech was leading the conversation. That focus was very reactive. The focus was really like what we shouldn't do, like don't do this and don't do that. And over these years, it's really exciting to see collectively how we have evolved. We've moved away from the don't, that list of don't do this, to really more I will statements and a very proactive approach that is focused on action. So not just something where you call somebody in to host an assembly. I think we were doing that one and done. But that opportunity, uh, because that assembly is definitely that talk, I'm talking at you, but to create these learning experiences where I get to learn alongside you and you get to put something into action. You get to identify a real problem, solve it, and then use tech for good to inspire and empower others. So I'm really excited about October 16th, that it's back in person, that I have this opportunity to connect another dot back to Nebraska because it's really part of my own digital citizenship journey. I know Mary Alice like I was so excited in March this year, right? So the NIDA conference, that's our Nebraska Educational Technology Association conference. Mary Alice was leading a workshop on digital citizenship. It was awesome. In fact, I have your kit right here, which I know you said was somewhat inspired by Craig. But yes, absolutely. I am alert. I am balanced. I am engaged. I am informed. I am inclusive. I'm an impact. I love those because you said it's like, it's an I will statement. It's perfect. So thank you for that inspiration. I love it. Well, I feel like this is another crisscross, right? In our journeys. And I am thrilled to come back in October during DigSit Week and put those layers, those digital citizenship layers into action. 
And the most exciting part is it's just the beginning, right? So here's an opportunity for your community to come back in person. And what we're really hoping behind the scenes, what we've been working on with Jody as well, is could this be the start of some incredible projects? Because in April, last April, we hosted a global student showcase. It was a month long event. And we celebrated school communities literally around the world who are using tech for good. So behind the scenes, we've been talking about how October, how the symposium can kickstart some incredible projects that we can continue to celebrate this, you know, next April for our next global student showcase. So that makes me happy as well that, again, it's that continuation of continuing to connect some dots, to do things very deliberately with intention Because our young people deserve authentic learning opportunities where we break down classroom walls and we invite the outside world to learn with them, alongside them. This is a perfect way to do that, Alice, because, okay, we're connecting people in Nebraska. Now you're going to help us connect beyond Nebraska. This is just so exciting. I can't wait. Well, I think that's a great opportunity here in the midst of the episode uh, to ask Mary Alice, speak to the avenues through which you connect with that larger international community. So I'm just really fortunate, right? Like I, this all in 2011, things kind of unfolded very naturally. I was a associate professor at a university. I was on this great track working with undergraduate and graduate students. I was a faculty member on record for the ed tech program. And I, I walked away from higher education because honestly, I want to be part of change. I don't want to be part of privilege. And there's a lot of privilege in higher education. And so there was this larger calling and it was to work with school communities around the world around how to bring this intergenerational learning experience where we can learn, we can create time and space for an entire school community to learn alongside students. And so my colleague, Eugenia Tazmez, really leads the initiative for Latin America and Spanish speaking communities. And so over the years, what it's, we've evolved, we continue to create these learning moments and we want to celebrate these learning moments because they inspire others to say, oh my gosh, we can do something similar in our community. And when you have that opportunity to realize we are one human race, right? Doesn't matter where we live, or what languages we speak, um, what customs or traditions we might practice, like at the end of the day, how can I see the human sitting next to me around the world, see the human around the world, as well as across the screen? And I feel like, Peg, that's really what we're going to be doing in October. So when teachers and teacher librarians and students come as a team, that they start to really find out what matters to them, right? We're going to meet people where they are. It's going to be action-based and they're going to walk away with not only a lot of resources, but the start of a project, something that they're going to go back to their school community really excited. And if I were an administrator and I've given the AOK, the green light for this team to go and participate and they come back really filled, right? With enthusiasm and excitement and passion. I mean, as an administrator, I would be like, let's do that every single day. Whatever just happened at that digital digital citizenship symposium, we need more of that in our communities. 
Well, I love this. We're taking two, as you mentioned, parallel narratives that were operating from the similar starting point and heart for this work. Uh, and now we have the opportunity to really seasonally fall into the spring, like, you know, create some continuity and collaboration across those events. And so, as we've said a number of times, October 16th is the opportunity. You can still sign up as a, uh, of the time that you're hearing this. And when we talk about groups of students and these adults, we said two adults, teams of six, and we reference administrators, right? And so maybe help paint for folks just some of those logistics, right? And so what are we talking about in terms of locations and cost for teams, et cetera? So Peg, help us uh, yeah, better understand that. Absolutely. So we're keeping the cost as small as we can possibly can. So it's about $20 a person. So we kind of recommend teams of six. If you have a team of eight, that's fine, but it'll probably be about $20 a person. On our website, I'm sure, Andrew, you mentioned this, or you'll pop it up, but it's bit.ly slash capital N, capital E, ditch sit. That's our website that we've had for quite a few years. October 16th, there's going to be five locations that will allow for the face-to-face interaction with the school teams. And so we're going to have ESU3 hosting a site. That's La Vista. ESU5 is hosting a site, Beatrice. ESU7 is Columbus. ESU10 is here in Kearney and ESU 13 out in Scotts Bluff. And so we'll be connected digitally, but those are the five remote or satellite or physical locations that we're going to have. And Mary Alice is hopefully going to be here in Kearney. I mean, we're 99% sure, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I could say, I, I'm going to say 100% sure. Right. I'm going to tip the scale, tip the scale. Well, there you go. That's- and yeah, and just to add some clarification to that too. So there'll be in-person experiences at each of those five sites with a collective Zoom that will tap into, because Mary Alice can only be in one city at one time. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll this be will collectively give... connected yeah. with Zoom. And so what we are able to enjoy in person with Mary Alice, it'll still be perfectly engaging for those other sites as well. But we'll, we'll, we'll be working together with Mary Alice in the morning. And then the afternoon will be a little bit more work time for those teams to actually make a plan and figure out what they want to take back to them, maybe figure out what they want to work on, figure out what they're excited about. And so there's going to be a little bit of work time in there, but we will definitely be providing lunch, which is really kind of part of that small fee that we have to charge. So anybody that comes in person to those five locations, and you can go to any of the ESUs, it doesn't have to be the one that your school is part of. For example, somebody that's in RESU 10 out in um, Cedar Rapids might want to go to Columbus because it's probably closer. So that's just, you know, you can go to any one of them. There's a registration page on our website. So you just pick the one that you want to sign up for. You register your students and the school will get a bill at the end of that. And then again, if you, if a district only wants to bring one adult and five students, that's fine too. It's like you you make your team however you want it to be. Just sign up and, and we will welcome you however you do it. I love this statewide collaboration and representation in all corners of the state in terms of the opportunity to have access to this uh, as an experience. And the link that you just mentioned a moment ago, I'll be certain to put that in the show notes along with the Digit Institute's website as well. But let, let's break this down into just two halves. So Mary Alice, if you're going to kick this day off, everyone, what can those in attendance expect to take away from this experience if you just had some, let's say, learning outcomes or just to speak generally to that? 
Well, I think, Peg, it's safe to say a lot of energy, high energy, right? <laughs> like, and excitement. Some concrete examples, too, uh, will definitely highlight that Global Student Showcase to show some examples. But this is, I mean, what we kind of envision are kind of like learning stations, right? So there are those different, um, Peg had already mentioned it, being alert, being balanced, being engaged, being informed, being inclusive, and then ultimately putting all those layers together to be an impactor, to make an impact in your own community. So these learning stations that you get to experience these layers and actually and then as Peg has already really highlighted, that afternoon is where like we roll up our sleeves and we kind of dig deep and it's very personalized. It's not going to be a one size fits all type of learning experience. It's uh, really going to, to be generated from the young people and then the grownups on the side supporting that, encouraging that and providing like pathways to really achieve that and to bring that type of learning back to their school community. Yeah, and maybe speak to that, Peg, then these projects and their benefit towards their school community. Uh, and so this isn't something that they're going to turn in by the end of the day, for example. No, there's been past years where we kind of did, like they would present what they worked on. We may still have some kind of a share out in that regard, but no, Mary Alice just explained that really well. It's what they're going to, you know, it's their call to action when they take it back to their school. And it's maybe not just that team of six, because they're going to spread it out to more more individuals in their school, hopefully the whole school, and maybe the community, like Mary Alice mentioned as well. So no, they're not necessarily turning anything in. It's going to be something that they're going to be working on throughout the school year, and maybe beyond, right? And so as those evolve, then that would give them the opportunity in the spring to share those projects as an update with where they're at, where they're going, and to do that in conjunction with those April events, right? Yeah, that's our hope. That is our hope. Well, great to learn more about all of these things uh, that are going on and the great work that's happening in this space. I do want to ask, and so maybe this will kind of be a little bit of an offbeat here before we bring things to a close, but earlier when we were talking about the evolution of this narrative around digital citizenship, that maybe uh, it came as a result of seeing learners interact with technology in ways that we hoped we can be more constructive with, which maybe led to those early messages of, please, we got to stop doing these kinds of things, <laughs> because that was maybe at the forefront of what was needed at the time, moving to more of a proactive versus reactive approach where really thinking about who you are and being positive in those spaces. Um, can we draw any parallels between that and the AI conversation that's going on at this time and generative AI and thinking about, because I know a portion of the work that has been done at the ESU level, because Lori Kerr, who will be hosting the ESU3 site, uh, is putting together some resources for uh, the Nebraska page with regards to artificial intelligence. Where does uh, this conversation meet those generative AI tech tools? Mary Alice, do you want to take that one? Sure. Well, I feel, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know who wanted to, to go first. Well, I feel like we, AI, just the conversation of AI and digital citizenship could actually be stuck in that 2011 conversation. Like, I feel like there's a lot of fear, right? And that the grownups don't have a firm understanding. And so perhaps that conversation might be like, let's block it. And because of, I feel like where I am personally and the work that we do with the Digital Citizenship Institute, instead of block them, what is blocking? 
get like it doesn't get you anywhere right they're going to figure out those workarounds but instead how do we guide them so again it goes back to that like side by side so i'm glad that you asked the question the way that you did because there's a lot of parallel between the message around ai and what we were talking about digital citizenship in 2011 but if you come to this digital citizenship symposium, we're going to put another twist to it. And the beautiful part is you do not, for the grown-ups, you do not have to be an expert, right? Like you do not need to know all the bells and whistles. All you need is a willingness and a disposition to be a learner and be a learner alongside your students, alongside your colleagues, to invite your parents and caregivers and like your outside community, right? as you in a very safe way, right? Safety is first. You are aware of how to create safe spaces for yourself and others. But instead of blocking anybody, let's change that mindset into like, let's guide them. Let's learn together. Let's use AI as a way to use tech for good. Thank you. That's very well said. Guide instead of block. <laughs> yes. Guide them instead of blocking them. Yes. That reminds me of a Heather Brantley hashtag. <laughs> you know, Heather Brantley is very much involved in our, for the Digital Citizenship Institute. She's really leading that conversation for us in AI. And I don't want to make a promise that I can't keep, but I've already told Peg that there'll be a special kind of announcement with, all I'm going to say is the word Mundo. That's all I'm going to say. And it's about AI that will happen at the Digital Citizenship Symposium. Wow, we are having epic learning experiences, epic collaborations, and now epic <laughs> announcements. Yes. All oh, yes, I got happening. a sneak peek. I got a sneak peek the other day, so. <laughs> Get ready. I, I don't know what else I can say. If, if you're not going to show up on October 16th, having heard all of that, uh, it's just not happening, right? So I, I uh, strongly encourage everyone in Nebraska to get connected with this event. If you're outside of the state and you're listening into this message, check out our website, check out the Digit Institute as well. And, and let's connect around this because as Mary Alice was noting, this is a, a community of educators who are in support of learners and further in this conversation and work. Uh, and so I'm really excited to have a little space today to connect with the two of you uh, around your collaborative efforts to make space for that and to invest in that five sites at a time. But um, before we bring things to a close, what am I leaving out? I would just add that the content on our website will be available all year. So I hope you can come in person. If you can't, check out our website. There's a student contest as well. So check that out. Share it with your teachers. Share it, you know, anybody in your building, if you're watching this, just get the word out. We're excited to be back in person. You know, Andrew, if I were going to say anything, you kind of said it, that this is like an invitation, right? An invitation for your students, your school community to be actively involved. It's just the very start, very, the very beginning. We want to continue to celebrate the actions, you know, for making that action to join us in October. And it's got that ripple effect. And I feel like those five different centers being actively engaged that day, we'll continue to put out those ripples, those use tech for good ripples. And I can't think of anything more important than that for kicking off a school year and did sit week, which is the week of October 16th. Well, thank you both so much, as Peg said, for your time, for your leadership, 
and for taking a chance to advocate for this through the podcast. And so I can't wait uh, to hear more about what goes on on October 16th and to highlight those efforts ongoing. So thank you so much. Thank you for telling our story, Andrew. Thank you, Peg, for the invitation. And thank you, Andrew, for having me on too. 